0: Any girl that I know that was called bossy, my sister, my cousins, whoever, the derogatory nature of being called bossy is so different than highlighting all of this is going to work out really well for her in the long run, which is probably why I never ever called either of my daughters or either of my sons bossy, because those behaviors that I saw, those stronger behaviors that didn't Fit into whatever box they put themselves in, society put them in. I never, in a million years, would have thought anything except, you, you go. This is going to really serve you. Welcome to the You Can Call Me
1: Bossy podcast with me, Mary Teresa Tringali, certified life success coach, TEDx speaker, and best-selling author. This podcast is for you if you've ever been called bossy or too much of something. My goal is to help you recognize your natural leadership instincts, get curious about what the label actually means, and find the courage to stand in your power and go after it anyway. Consider this your permission slip to thrive. The time has come for you to own your bossy. So let's get started. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the first official guest of the You Can Call Me Bossy" podcast, Kimberly. I'm so (laughs) grateful. You know, it's so crazy because we were, I, I don't know, messaging. You were like commenting on my posts and we were messaging back and forth. And I was like, wait a minute, you've got to be my first guest. So Kimberly and I know each other from the coaching world of Julia motherfucking Wells, who is both of our business coaches, but we just kind of gravitated towards each other because of the things that you were posting and I was posting, and we became friends over the internet, and you live on the West Coast, I live on the East Coast, but we've just connected. So I would love for you to start with a little bit of an overview of who you are, what you've built for your life, and kind of like just the values that you live by.
0: Okay, my name is Kimberly DeShiel. I'm from Los Angeles. I am 61 years old. And that is oh only God. important because I have a I've had a long life, you know, I've had a big life. Um, And there's lots to say, but if I could like pare it down into a nutshell, I was born and raised here. My father was a folk singer. His mother was a dancer in the Tiller Girls, which was an offshoot of the Folie Bergere. So we come from like these performer genes. And I was raised in LA where the entertainment business is. And there was just a lot of that. So of course, my hobbies were professional track ballet dancer, and I was an actress as a child. So I had a lot of exposure to adults. I was expected to act like an adult a large part of the time. I'm the oldest in my family. Um, I have a younger sister. I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic schools, all the things decided at some point that the ballet world was not for me. And I opened my first fitness and dance studio at age 20. I started teaching at 18. So I got out of high school and I just went straight to it. And this is what I still do. So I'm a fitness and health coach and I work with women of all ages, all sizes, all capabilities. And the depth of knowledge I have Because it spans 44 years in my career, I have obviously reinvented myself over and over. But my very favorite phase is this phase because I I was forced to take my business online in 2020. In a pandemic, I lost my business. I lost everything. So I started from scratch, from zero. That was an interesting experience in my late 50s. And like you said, we share the same business coach. I found someone that I connected with that she let me launch things messy and just really go for it. Of course, the hardest thing for me in transition was the vis- the visibility piece because although I have no trouble using my voice in person or in my family or wherever <laughs> or with strangers, it was a lot harder to kind of organize saying what was on my mind online. So it's been slowly but surely kind of transition, but it's been amazing. Um, what else do I have to tell you? I had four kids. Many of the years I raised them, I was single. I'm a little bit of a wild child, if you ask my children, and I am a creative through and through who happens to breed professional sciency research geniuses, and so that's really fun. I get to like be in both worlds.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Um, I have a few things in what you just shared in reference to like what we're talking about with the you you can call me bossy so this podcast is supposed to be like you can call me bossy but I'm still gonna x y and z so there were two things that you mentioned that kind of brought that up and I'm just gonna ask the question I just love whatever comes up for you when I say this as a child when you were expected to act like an adult what does that mean? And if you were to relate it to the label of bossy, what do you think you would say about that? Like, would you relate it? Do you think they have, are they even remotely close? And especially since, I don't know if you were called bossy when you were young, but that was like the number one term for me as I was growing up. So it's kind of like, this expectation that is put on young girls as children. And it's even more dynamic when it's like, and you're expected to act like an adult. And then the other piece of that you said that I'm interested in hearing in this is when you had to get vulnerable online, what were the stories that were coming up for you in the way that you might've felt like you didn't have permission to get visible online? And is that related to like this bossy piece of you
0: (laughs) that's a big question and i'll have at it um remember 61 um yes so when i was a child i was expected to be adult and in my family and in the entertainment business that meant be quiet it really Mm. did it really meant be good at waiting and in order to be good at waiting you have to sit still not fidget. Right. And in my era, right. I was a little in the sixties. I was mostly growing up in the seventies, the way you sat, the way you talked, the way you wore your hair, there were a lot of rules. So being expected to be an adult was like being able to handle it. It was all about handling it and in handling it. You better be quiet while you do it and don't complain. Although I was not directly called bossy as a child. And I don't know why that is. It seems like something my parents would have said. What they did say instead, which was the same, was stop telling the truth. You say the truth too often.
1: Too we honest. are
0: scared of you. Yes. That started early. We are scared of you. I told it like it was which is in and of itself, a very intelligent way of being bossy, you know? Because the way I would do it, I would keep it a little bit masked and be like, well, actually the way I look at it is, right? So they would say, blah, 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 whatever. And I would say, actually you guys, that's not really true. And so the way it really is, is this, this, and this. And I think I'm still pretty much like that. I think that's a childhood trait that carried through. Um, When you are an actress, there are moments where you are expected to be professional and mature when you're dealing with adults. But the more important moments, and you know what, I don't know if it's more important to like be the person that can sit in the room or if it's more important to be the good actress. But when you're acting, you're reading someone else's words. So for me, that was an escape. It was a way to not be a truth teller. It was a way to tell someone else's story. It was a job I could do. It was a role I could play. I didn't have to be myself. I could be someone else and I was very good at it. So obviously I don't live my life that way, but when it came to being on camera or being online, saying what I needed to say, sharing my opinion, even sharing about my work. The function of having a camera on me flipped a switch where it was like, oh, you're, no one's writing for me. I don't have a role to play. This is really hard. And I felt silenced. Mm-hmm. And of course, I come from a time that I wasn't raised with computers. I opened my business with a clipboard and a desk phone and a ledger and flyers on cars. And I sort of stayed in that mode for my most of my career until the pandemic, when it was like, okay, A, this is really cool. I can have clients anywhere all over the world. The pool is so much bigger, but I have to say stuff. And so- The girl that was such a truth teller and the girl who had been raised to be a grown up, be mature, you know, be professional, suddenly had nothing to say. And my inner truth teller was so confused. And I feel like in the beginning, I would flip flop back and forth between not really getting to the point of what I was trying to say about my own work. Mm-hmm. And sort of this soapboxy, bossy, well, you know, you yeah. should keep your body strong because if you don't, you're gonna end up like, and that's not good marketing. <laughs> so so I was I was very confused. I didn't yeah. know what to do with all my knowledge. I didn't know what to do with all that truth I wanted to say. I felt very zipped up, very zip-lipped.
1: Mm.
0: And um just inner confusion is the only way I can really. Yeah describe it i had so much to say
1: right so i wanted to just say that i think this is such a great point because first of all i saw a video from mel robbins who said who was talking about the word bossy and she said usually that's a woman a, a term a dis, or a label for women versus men and then she started to say but it's really the it's just a label that is given to you based on your behaviors right and so then it's like, well, what are the behaviors? So one thing I like to I, I like to talk about is like the examination of our behaviors and the intention behind those behaviors. And then we get to know ourselves so well that it's like, well, my intention behind telling you the truth is really pure and good. It's for your benefit. It's not because I want to make myself bigger than you, but- there are so many things that we do unconsciously because of our programming because of the way that we were brought up that you just gave such a great example of because you were so confused on how to use your voice and stand in your power and use this natural instinct that you have to tell the truth you started communicating in a way that wasn't even in alignment with who you truly are and that's exactly what i want to talk about when we talk when we talk about like owning your bossy and like your bossy, quote unquote bossy, in that instance, it was like, okay, I actually see how I might be too aggressive here instead of assertive. Like I'm I'm being shameful almost instead of supportive. And so the journey to owning your bossy or kind of living in this world where bossy exists and not being afraid of standing in your power with that, is to examine those two pieces and say, okay, I, we're all human. We're all gonna say and do stuff that we don't, that we may not be proud of. But the important thing is to learn from that stuff. And so what I'm hearing from you is that you witnessed that, that you were trying to use your voice. You were trying to stand, utilize this honesty for good but because of the way you had been programmed your whole entire life, it was like, I don't even know how to do this because and I'm a grown ass woman <laughs> and I've been what? putting myself out there for so many years. How come I can't do it? But it was really like, I don't have a script. I have to be myself. I don't know how to do it. I And that messy piece, you said the thing about Julia, let you be messy. That's also your programming from your childhood that didn't let you be messy, right? So it's like all of this was holding you back and it was a journey to discover how to step into that in order to like own your life and build your dream business, it sounds like.
0: Absolutely. I also think there's another factor in my bossiness and that is when you are a mom of four and when you raise your children in a community that's a little bit looser around the edges than than I wanted to be I became overprotective helicopter mom you know whatever and I was just all about safety I just I just wanted at the end of the day my kids to be alive in the time that I was raising them right and so for me if you're keeping someone alive you can be bossy so, so that was self-permission to be as bossy as I wanted to. Curfews. Yes, you can use yeah. the these circumstances. Yes, you can, you know. So there was, there was like some strong and positive, productive, bossy sections of me. And then there's the completely silenced side. Totally afraid to share what I know. It was really interesting, I think.
1: Yeah. And I would say that, you know... Coming back to what you were just talking about, of being like a helicopter mom and whatever. But I actually, what I just heard you talk about was boundaries. You were just setting some boundaries. And that's the thing that's like, that's those are the moments that I'm like, are you being bossy? Because the definition of bossy is toxic and rude and so controlling, you're not even listening to anybody else. And just knowing you, I don't really know that. I mean, maybe you were, but. I would, I would challenge that, that maybe that wasn't bossy. That was just you being a mom and putting up boundaries. And that made your community uncomfortable maybe because they didn't have like, I mean, from what you've told me, you were very hippie, loosey goosey. And so the community as a whole didn't put up boundaries. So that made your children feel like how come you're being so mean? How come you're being so bossy? But it's actually the perception from the community and all you were doing was boundaries. So I just want to point that out because that's one of those places that it's like, no, we get to examine what is the intention here? Are you really being a toxic human or are you just trying to keep your kids alive? Right? Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I do. And I also think that bossy is generally derogatory, right? bossy is something people say about i was i was thinking about this i think it's like age 5 any any girl that i know that was called bossy my sister my cousins whoever they they were bossy i was quiet i was an adult right the derogatory nature of being called bossy is so different than highlighting All of this is going to work out really well for her in the long run, which is probably why I never, ever called either of my daughters or either of my sons bossy Mm -hmm. because those behaviors that I saw, those stronger behaviors that didn't fit into whatever box they put themselves in, society put them in, I put them in, whatever, I never in a million years would have thought anything except you go, this is going to really serve you. I want you to experiment with this. And, you know, like, oh God, I overheard, I overheard someone call someone else bossy just recently. It was a woman and it was a man talking about his sister. She's always been bossy. And I was like, excuse me, what what do you mean by that? (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) He said, I don't know. That's just what my mom always said. It's full grown man. And I was like, yeah okay interesting like it's just family lore
1: I actually don't know where my my brothers called me bossy my whole life and I gotta tell you I probably was telling them what to do because even as grown-ass men those two need somebody to tell them to point their head in the right direction luckily my older brother married the right woman my younger brother still single but and but he has some sort of direction but they still need they still need help anyway I'm sure they learned the label "bossy" from one of my two parents, and I'm a guess it was my mother. <laughs> and here, I she's probably going to listen to this, so she hopefully she'll laugh. But I'm sure it's because I came out of the womb disagreeing with her.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and we all have one child like that. We all do.
1: Well, and so my father said every day until the end of his life, thank God, God only gave me one. And I think that, I mean, he used to call me Madam and he would be like, uh, Madam. And so I know, I don't remember him calling me bossy, but I'm pretty sure it came from my mom and then was passed down to my brothers. So 10 years ago, when I had the idea for this podcast, I was reading, I had just read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. And she was the first person I heard say, women are called bossy, men are called leaders. And I was like, hey now, that's right. And I was living and working in New York City. And I was working at Men's Journal Magazine. And the majority of the people I was working with were all men. And I heard on a regular basis that MT is too tough. MT doesn't, it's too aggressive. MT doesn't help us enough. And I don't know that they ever used the word bossy or that I heard it, but it was all implied. And when I read that book, I just felt so free to understand that, oh, I'm just doing the same shit men are doing in the workplace or in leadership. I just had, because I'm a woman, it's a problem, right? But I think, so my brother... I remember sitting at the kitchen table with him and he had his daughter and she wasn't yet one and he was sitting with her and he said, we have an Aunt Mary too and our Aunt Mary, we call her Crazy Aunt Mary, but he didn't want to call her crazy. He didn't want his kids being called, calling her Crazy Aunt Mary because that's how nice they are, right? But they wanted to distinguish me from her. So he started calling me bossy auntie mary and i looked at him when he said that to me and i said well if you're going to call me bossy auntie mary you better also call me leader auntie mary and go for it auntie mary and never gives up auntie mary and he just looked at me and i said bossy is a female term for leadership and he never called me that again recently now my niece is 10 and she is a badass and she will tell you like it is she will direct traffic she will go out there she right now is trying to she like her goal for cookies girl scout cookies with 45 boxes and she decided one day she's going 300 and like just decided like yep i'm going for it and i'm like everybody should be like her and i say all the time that she is going to be the president of the united states last someday Because she just is so powerful. And so strong minded. And he said to me one day. She's going into madam zone a lot lately. And I looked at him and I said. I hope that means amazing. Beautiful. Courageous. Strong and powerful. And he like looked at me and I said. Because you know that's why dad called me madam. (laughs) He was like. "Oh, (laughs) So anyway. It's just like. Like you said, it is like, I don't even know that he knows why I was called that, right? Or how, if he was to sit down and be like, oh, it's actually just because she was telling me what to do and I didn't want to be told what to do and that made me uncomfortable. So I needed to call her something, right? And now it's happening with his daughter. So now, mind you, my brother is amazing. He's an awesome dad. He, like, we make... It's all for we can laugh about everything, but it's very real. It's very real, and I see her as a ten-year-old, and I'm just like, oh my god, I want to encourage her to just keep. Now, there's always room for boundaries, and there's always room for like tact and like uh, reading the room and like understanding the social situation. But I want, I don't want her to have to hide. Or be shamed for her being herself and that's really it's also a huge part of why i'm stepping into this as well
0: yeah there's some sayings that get said around parenting things like there's always one who sets the tone right Mm. and in my family the one who set the tone maybe in another family or in another generation probably would have been called bossy well, did you know
1: time. that it was a female when your sisters were being called that when you were younger? Did you know that that's was a female thing? Because that was not I something I, I thought about.
0: My mom was a very big, very early feminist, and she would point that stuff out. Um, yes, I noticed for sure, because uh, yeah. I was really the not fair girl. You know, mm. anything the boys could do, I wanted to do if if words were allowed to be used with boys, they were allowed to be used with girls. And I was pretty mouthy about it too. And in a more conservative school setting that sometimes landed beautifully. And sometimes I got detention.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: or a call to I always principal.
1: was the too talkative in, you know, dozens. Yeah. I, I
0: swung. Oh, I swung. Between too talkative and too quiet. It just depended on the, on the setting. But what I was going to say is that the one who set the tone in my family is absolutely the biggest badass in the family. Absolutely.
1: So talk about, tell me more about that. What do you mean by, because I think Um, you're pretty badass. So if there's somebody who's more badass,
0: Kelly. Yeah. I, both of all four of my children are more badass than me and, and I am badass enough. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not, and they are, I'm saying they took it to the next level.
1: Oh, your children. I thought you meant in your siblings, Mm
0: -hmm. but no. uh, no. Oh my, yeah, no, my sister. That's another story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll move on. But of your children. Simply. She's simply. (laughs) Like, I just want, I want to call her bossy. (laughs) You know what I mean? She, she is, um, she's like a human steamroller.
1: Hmm. Well, I think that's such a great, well, not to talk shit about her, but like in general, um, I have another client who she's so afraid of rocking the boat because she's afraid of being like this higher level person in her organization her biggest fear is becoming somebody who's not empathetic, who doesn't consider other people's point of views, who, like you said, steamrolls through everything. And I guess like the this conversation is exactly about not being that person, but still standing in your power, right? So not being the person who steamrolls over everybody, but still using your voice, not being the person who doesn't care about anybody in the room, but still putting your ideas forward, still letting your expertise ma- like have a say. My client is so good at the things she does, but is so afraid to utilize that knowledge because she doesn't want to be seen as this. And it, I think that that's a very common thing because I actually had a comment on one of my TikToks of I was so shamed for being too loud when I was little that now I never speak up and I have PTSD from that. And so it's kind of like the two extremes are all there is when it comes to this term of bossy because the term bossy has a real definition and it has toxicity associated to it. But not everybody when they not every woman when she stands up and uses her voice and uses her boundaries and and sets a tone is being bossy, quote unquote, the real bossy, but we're going to be called it anyway. So this is why the conversation is about, okay, well, you can call me bossy, but I'm going to know that that's more about you, not me, because I know I'm not a toxic person. I know I'm an empathetic person. I know that what I have to share matters and it's going to make a difference. And also I'm working really hard to not be the person who doesn't care about what other people say. So what do you think about that?
0: (laughs) Big question. It's, yeah, it's a big question. I think that if we're talking about adults and girls, right? Mm. Adults calling girls bossy. I honestly and truly think something like that can be said once and the girl takes a different path. I honestly believe that. And especially if it's being used to get her to shut up, stop, be quiet,
1: play small. And it's, yeah.
0: And so imagine if it's said repetitively repetitively across a lifetime. And if for whatever reason, there's not another competing voice saying, you're awesome, shout it, shout it out, let's hear what you have to say, then how do you have the skills and the courage to break out, you know? That's right. And are we as women potentially so shut down in so many different ways, whether our body's not right or our face is now aging or we're bossy or we're too much or we're too talkative or we're not talkative and I mean, it seems to me like being called out can affect each young woman or girl differently, right? So in one family where everyone's, you know, kind of kidding with everyone and it's kind of safe and you could kind of laugh about it at the end of the day or the end of the decade, that might work out okay. But if you're raised in a scary family, where things aren't clear and you don't feel safe and secure and well-fed, and those words are used with you, then what? Where's your breakthrough? What can we, like, what can we do? So I really believe that bringing awareness to this possibly seemingly small word that people use, you know, like I remember when commenting on a woman's size was normalized. And now it's not, it's getting better. It's not getting better fast enough. I know, but it's getting slightly better in my lifetime. This bossy thing is a whole new area Mm -hmm. because we want women in leadership places all over the world and all over my local community who can say what's on their mind fearlessly. And if there are, you know, Dozens of women who could absolutely fill those roles, but they can't because they were silenced at some point by the word bossy. What do we do? Like, like right. sign me up, you know? That's right. Oh, I just like, got full
1: body chills. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Like, where? How do we turn it around for people? I think we get loud, just like everything else. We've had to get loud about so many things. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that
1: that's what this particular conversation on this podcast is going to help people do. I just had so many things come to mind while you were talking. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with one of my clients. And in the conversation, she was talking about she took on a new sales job. And it's a startup company. So, of course, there's a lot of missing pieces, right? There's a lot of um, there's process, but no process kind of thing. And... As somebody who's kind of young and new to this world, she needs some structure and support. But the owner of the company isn't going to know that's what she needs unless she asks. And in our conversation, I was encouraging her to speak up and ask for what she needs. And without her even aware of the words coming out of her mouth, she said, well, but I don't want to be too difficult. Right? And I said, and she said, and I went, and you know what? And that's why I'm creating this podcast for you. Exactly for you. Because you are needed in that company to use your voice and speak up and say what isn't working because this person above you doesn't know. They don't know. And unless you use your voice to say X, Y, and Z isn't working, I need this, you're never going to get it. And that's not to say that the person is going to say, okay, great, let me give it to you. Then there's like other steps in making sure. But if you never ask, you'll never get. And you can't wait for somebody to read your mind to give you what you need. And this is also something that at the beginning of my career, and this is before I read Lean In, I was, especially um, in New York City, I was born and raised in like small town, Massachusetts, 30 minutes north of Boston. I really didn't grow up in a world where it was like New York City is so accessible and everything is in New York City. The whole world is in New York City, which means that you can do a job in anything you think that that's there. Nobody ever told me that in my entire life. So I didn't grow up thinking I would be able to work for a national magazine. I was exposed to that opportunity when I went to college and met these people who knew that that was available. And so when I was, I don't even know where I was going with this, but (laughs) when I was getting into all of that and talking about what I needed, I became a challenge. And, but until you are put into, oh, this is what I was going to say. I didn't know that it was my job to ask for more money. I thought, or a promotion, or, and I got to New York and I was working at Women's Day. And I was working with this chick who had been an assistant for six months before i had gotten there. And she was like, I'm looking for another job now. I'm looking for another job. It's time for me to move on. Or I I want a promotion. Or maybe she had been there for a year. I want a promotion or I need to go somewhere else. And I was like, really? You You just got here. And she was like, oh, no. This is what you have to do in this industry. You have to jump from magazine to magazine to magazine. And that's how you make money. And I was like, that doesn't seem safe or okay or responsible. Right? And so I stayed for a long time at women's day. I stayed there for four years and I depended on the people above me to decide on my behalf when it was time for me to get a promotion or a raise. And then I'll never forget when I left women's day and went to men's journal and I, they made me an offer and I was like, this isn't enough. And I asked for more. I asked for more. I was shaking in my boots, but they probably were like, this is what she's asking for. All right, let's just give it to her. Like they were probably like, no big deal. We'll give you this to you because you actually, you would get paid way higher if you asked for it. And so I was lucky enough that I had a good mentor at Men's Journal who did give me a pretty good raise. But still, I never advocated for myself when I was in that world because I just didn't think that I had permission to do so. Because The conversation I was having with my mother on the other end, like I'm experiencing this in New York City that everybody's jumping magazine to magazine, one and a half years to two years, making a $10,000 jump, a $10,000 jump, a $10,000 jump. So that by the time they're in the industry for five years, they're making over six figures. And my mother over here is saying, well, a 3% raise every year is really good. And how could you even think about leaving there within before five years right it's just like two different worlds when you grow up in a totally different different exposure the community the world where you grow up you just don't even know and if anybody nobody thought when I was growing up that I would be able to work at a national magazine women's day magazine in the my mother walked going food shopping and being able to pull out a magazine and open it up and see my name that was like That was huge, huge, huge for her. The magazine that her mother used to read, right? So, but it's like, we're so limited just to the bubble that we grow up with in if we don't expose ourselves to so much more. But it is that programming. Like nobody told me I had the right to ask for more or that I could be demanding about it. And and that's also the conversation about how men don't really care. And they're like, this is what I want. I'm going to tell you how much money I want.
0: <laughs> right. So, yeah. I'm wondering I'm wondering if on one side of the stick there's bossy and and I'm thinking there might be like a bossy and a fear of bossy on one side and on the other side is I don't want to be too fill in the blank. Right? Like, yeah. I think we all do that. We're programmed to do that. I don't want to be too whatever, which creates the silence, which creates the confusion, which creates the overthink, which creates playing small. And and I don't know that it's a direct link to, I don't want to be bossy, but it's like, in my case, I don't want to be the old girl who does fitness. Like I used to say things like that to my coach. I don't want them to come join my program because they're pitying me because I'm old. (laughs) I used to say this stuff. It's so oh like, my gosh. so recently, this is only four years ago, you know, but I did, I wanted to put my business online, you know, five years before that, but it seemed hard and I didn't know what to do and it seemed complicated and I didn't know things, but I never worried about being bossy, but I still think it's connected to fear of being bossy. It's also interesting. So I, I see bossy as the umbrella
1: term, right? As the umbrella term of all these things that we're too much of or too this, too that, just like you were saying. I think it's all connected because if you say, this is what connected it for me when Mel Robbins said, bossy is just the label and it's connect, it's being used because of your behavior. So then if you said to somebody, why do you think I'm being bossy? they would say, well, you're being too aggressive or you're being too tough or you're being too loud or you're being too too much of fill in the blank. So then to me, it's like the fear of being too much of fill in the blank. Why? Why are you afraid of being too difficult? Why are you afraid of being too loud? Because I know that too loud is definitely a trigger for me because my voice just... <laughs> fill a whole room. I come from an Italian family. My dad was 100% Italian. He had four sisters. If anybody wanted to be heard on Sunday dinner, 11 of us grandkids, spouses, just if you wanted to be heard, there was yelling involved. And so I just learned how to project my voice and I would use that voice. And that's how we talked to each other when we were younger. So too loud was always a thing, but it's like now it's my job to be loud right and so now it's i if i'm not loud enough my business will not grow if i'm not loud enough things will happen that shouldn't happen if i don't if i'm not loud enough things fall through the cracks right so it's just a very interesting place of like well where what is the fear of being too much of whatever why are you afraid of being too much
0: it's a great question why you... yeah it's a great question and and the truth is I can't imagine an answer that I would have that would make that all make sense and I would stick to the way I was if someone had asked yeah. me why are am afraid of that it would have been like I don't know but that's pretty silly isn't it <laughs>
1: right Well, and I think that there's also a self-trust thing there. I think that what I gather from you and the time that we have spent together is that you know yourself pretty well and you've been through a lot, that you have a lot of self-awareness. I think for, because I have asked this question to my clients, and for example, I don't want to be too mean. And well, what's the fear of being too mean? Well, I don't want other people to think that I'm a mean person. And I come back to, well, do you think you're a mean person? And that's where the se- there's a self-trust issue. And this is where the other piece of this bossiness, I think, comes in, is that we have to know ourselves. And if you think I'm being too tough, I have to decide, are you right or are you wrong? I might be tough. Because if I'm not tough, you're going to put me in a position where I have to defend myself with somebody I don't want to talk to, but too tough, I have to know myself and my intentions and am I being mean? Do I mean to be mean? <laughs> maybe maybe with my brothers, <laughs> maybe with somebody who like rubs me the wrong way, I might be. And that's like the check-in, right? that I'm talking about. It's like, okay, you're giving me feedback that I'm too this, too that, too bossy, whatever it might be. And that feedback might belong to you because what I'm doing, setting a boundary might be triggering you and you don't know how to handle people setting boundaries and you don't like sitting in your discomfort, which then that belongs to you. And I'm going to let you hold on to that. Like the too tough came from all the men at Men's Journal who didn't like that. I didn't let them do whatever they wanted on my proposals that I was writing. Because I would get in trouble if those proposals had to go through. But then there, so that in those moments, it's like, I am not being, you're using the word tough. I'm setting boundaries and you don't like it. So that's actually the feedback for you. But if you're telling me that the way I'm communicating is super aggressive and kind of toxic, I might need to check in on that. Right? And so it's (sighs) like. Yeah, it's like there's work to be done all the time. We're all humans. And my intention sometimes might be that I'm kind of being a bitch. And you know what? I think the whole conversation here is about owning that, right? And it's like, mm, hmm hmm yep. Not in alignment with who I want to be. You are correct. That feedback is for me. Or, mm, nope. I'm just setting boundaries so that I can protect myself and you don't like it. And that is your feedback to hold on to. And you need to figure out how to work on that. But I'm not owning that piece. I can own this, but I'm not going to own that. And I'm going to keep being tough because that's how I
0: protect myself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It makes me think about, you know, I still live and work in Los Angeles. I have worked with a lot of performers. And it reminds me of certain women who are actors, who are, they get a bad rap for being difficult. Mm -hmm. And what does difficult mean? They want script changes. They want a lunch hour. (laughs) They want to see their kid on set. They don't like the shoes. They're not comfortable. You know what I mean? And it does really make you wonder, you know, it, it's out of balance. It's out of balance. Those very mm-hmm. same reports coming from a man would be like, of course, he's just being assertive. He's advocating for himself, mm-hmm. right? And being difficult, which is under the bossy umbrella.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: It's insidious. Oh, man.
1: And it's ongoing and it's just, it's, it's a term that's used to put down women, but it's so much more than that. It's so, it's so much bigger than that. And so I just love that this is, we're going to keep having this conversation just to keep evolving. And it's just all meant to make you think differently and have just like a little bit of a different perspective. And at the end of the day, if there's anything that we say, and now I'm talking to the listener here anything that we've said today that made you go, huh, maybe I won't hold back next time. Maybe I will ask for this. Maybe I will go for that new job. Maybe I will go after this passion project that I have. That's it. Because now you're starting to give yourself permission to do something you didn't even know you weren't giving yourself permission to do before that. So, it's, it's such a big thing. And we're just going to keep having this conversation. Is there anything else, Kimberly, that you wanted to say that you didn't get to say because of the direction our conversation went?
0: Well, I mean, I feel like we could do a whole other episode, but I, I think that there is, I would want to call out to anyone who had been called bossy as a child, or who was afraid because it was their sister that was called bossy. Cause I think that both of those things are really important in a family dynamic. Yes. Yes. I would, I would hope that as a grown woman who may have been very impacted by that, that we all find each other and rise up in it and realize that It wasn't right, it wasn't true, and maybe it's that powerful key that goes in that door that unleashes your voice and gives you that bigness. Because once you realize where some of these patterns come from that keep you small and keep you silent, once you realize, it's then that you have that opportunity to like blast through it and yeah. try something different. And we get to make mistakes and we will surely clean them up on our journey to be the opposite of bossy. Yeah. But yep. that can be really fun too. You know, mm-hmm. when you eat the too muchness and and then you kind of blow it and then you're like, oh, actually I can clean yep. that up
1: that's oh, you know that's I love terrible. that you say that and I hate that you said that at the end of the thing because that is one of my favorite things to say to my clients is like and that's another self-trust thing and I'm so glad you just said that because the self-trust of I'm gonna just go for it and trust that I can clean it up. And I think that that is also such a power leveled up mode to be in. Where I, and that's another piece of like, oh, I'm gonna take a minute to look and see why you're calling me bossy. There, I might be on the extreme side of that, right? And if I am, I'll clean it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. And yeah, we'll have to do this again for sure because there's so much more to be said. Oh, guess number one, you did not disappoint. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, really quickly, do you want to, I'd love to for you to just quickly say where the best place is for everybody to find you, connect with you. Sure. And if you have anything going on uh, a program or freebie or anything. Oh, anybody, what do I have?
0: Pitch, pitch, pitch. Um- It's so easy with me, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Kimberly DeShiel. It's hard to spell. I'm sure there'll be show notes or something where you get the correct spelling of my name, right?
1: Correct. Correct. And all the links are in (laughs) the show notes. Yes, Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. I run fabulous programs for women that are ongoing, that are short term, that are body oriented, but they are life oriented and they are business oriented. And I like to think your body, your business, it's all connected. You've got to be strong to take everything to the next level. And strength is built in the body. If you try to Mm -hmm. just build it in your brain, it's hard. So make things easy on yourself. And I'm starting a mastermind for women over 50 who were not raised with laptops and iphones who might want to take a look at becoming more seen and heard whether they want to start a business or start a passion project and they want to get their voices out online but it's for my age group ish
1: yes i've already sent one of my clients your way i don't know if she'll send, but just i'll keep sending anybody because that's such oh i to be have you as a leader in that space oh. So good. And I was thinking of this while you were just talking. It was like um, my walking tread was thanks to Kimberly's advice. We were going back and forth on Messenger. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to, she recommended this from one of her clients. And so I'll put that a link. Maybe I'll start an Amazon storefront too, by the time this podcast comes out so I can get an affiliate link going, but thank you for your support in that (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you for being the you can call me bossy very first guest. I appreciate you trusting me and being here and saying yes to this wild ride. I appreciate you. Thank you for having
0: me. It was so much fun.
1: Thank you for listening to the You Can Call Me Bossy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would show your support by writing a five-star review. It will help build momentum for the show and you'll have the chance to be featured in a future episode. Also, don't forget to share this episode with a friend who might need to hear it today. Now, go stand in your power and own your bossy. Talk to you next time.